0: This is The Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations
1: that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired.
0: Yeah, we've This gotten, is our last
1: solo episode. This is our last
0: solo episode. But next week we have one of the one I've been like talking about for weeks since we talked to um, Dara I. So it's really It's a good one to end on. But yeah, definitely. This is our last solo episode for the year. Um, and Christina and I are hanging on. By, oh, no, you're feeling better. But I feel like I've got the cough that you had a couple of weeks ago. So I'm sounding very I feel like I kind of sound sexy now on the mic.
1: Yes, you always sound sexy in the mic.
0: Well, extra sexy. Thank you very much. <laughs> um,
1: and I'm hanging, mentally hanging on by a thread, so we're kind of in the same boat.
0: Yeah, I feel like this time of year, it's like so special because it's like Christmas, but I feel like everyone is just trying to get everything done.
1: 1000%. And like the week
0: before Christmas is just like madness. Like everyone is like running around. Like I picture it like in the Grinch where everyone's like running around, like whatever. But we're like working and just trying to get everything done before before Christmas.
1: I almost had a mental breakdown the other night. Why? Honestly. Talk to me. Is because I took our holiday Christmas card photos on December 1st. Yeah. You were ahead of the game. Yeah. No, I'm not. I never ordered them because <laughs> I've just gotten so crazy busy. And then I had like Nicholas's birthday and his family was here. And then my mom was like, did you ever send out the Christmas cards? I was like, no, I I think I'm going to order them tonight. She's like, you're supposed to, people are supposed to get them before Christmas, Christina. And I was like, I know. And then I looked on the, I went to order them and they said, will not arrive before Christmas. And I'm not even kidding you. It was like 1130. I'm so tired from like the day trying to order these Christmas cards. And I just started like breaking down, crying, like feeling like such a failure of a mom and just person for not sending out Christmas cards. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck these stupid Christmas cards. Why am I putting so much pressure? No one cares. People throw them away anyways. It's like a nice thing. Like I love receiving Christmas cards and I do want to be that person that sends them. But I was like, this is not worth me crying over right now.
0: No, it's like, honestly, I get a Christmas card. And I'm like, oh, cute. And then <laughs> yeah. I literally don't like, I, I, for me, it doesn't really go with the vibe. I don't put it on the fridge. I don't, right. do I don't
1: put it on the fridge either.
0: And honestly, Christine, if you want to send them, we, my family used to be so unprepared always. We would send out like New Year's cards.
1: I know. I was like, should I turn them into New Year's cards? And then I was like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. And then, and then honestly, I was just like, no, I'm not going to be that person that stresses out over every single thing like this because no. it's not good for my mental health and whatever. I'm going to post our Christmas card photos on Instagram and say Christmas, happy, Merry Christmas to the world. Happy holidays exactly. to everyone else. Yeah.
0: You don't need And to if be... family's not following me, <laughs> that's their loss. It's their
1: loss. <laughs> No. Yeah. You don't need to be crying over Christmas cards. But I do think that this time of year in general just brings that stressful feeling of just feeling like you're not doing anything right. You're trying to close out your work year. You know, you're trying to get holiday gifts for everyone. You're trying to go to social parties. You're trying to like have fun. And it just all sometimes feels like it's crumbling.
0: Mm. Well, I'm sorry. You almost had a breakdown. It's okay.
1: Honestly, no, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay. Okay, good. 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 But I'm very excited to dive into um, our, epi- our episode today. But first, I want to hear what you're obsessed with because you seem very excited about this.
0: Oh, my God. No, I'm not excited about it. I okay. just have been thinking about it. So there have been like a few things I've been seeing this week that have like, <laughs> made me think of this like common thread. Okay. So I kind of shared on Instagram. Um, now in the series the last week about I was talking to this guy in Bumble mm-hmm. and honestly... He, he checked a lot of the things. Was yes. this the guy
1: that you were so excited about? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so bummed about this.
0: He was like, okay, so superficially, he was six foot four, like really my type, like super handsome. Great like, jawline. Great jawline. Jo- oh God, he was so handsome. Yeah, he like, was. Loved hiking, loved doing like all the stuff I love to do. We had great conversation and like he was asking me, he's like really curious about getting to know me and then like because of our episode with Amy, I was like trying to be more, like a little more flirty because yeah. she was like, millennials don't know how to flirt. So I was like, Being flirty. And then it kind of just like, I think he like took that. And then it kind of went like a little too far. Like he kept fixating on my curves. Like he was like, in a way that like I think you kind of just like know in your gut when it's like a someone just finds you attractive versus where it's like a little bit fetishy a little bit. Yeah, was he being a little fetishy? Yeah, he was just like, oh my gosh, like, because we were joking about how both of our love languages are physical touch. And he was like joking about like how he loves giving massages, whatever. And then he was just talking about how he wants his hands on my curves. Like he did like so many things where it's just like, okay, that's like a little too much. Like we were supposed to go out on Saturday. Like we haven't even met in person yet. And so I like kind of stopped responding. Like just, I was just like, "Mm." yeah.
1: Cause it gets creepy
0: quick. It gets creepy. And he even said that he, he was like, oh, I hope this doesn't sound creepy. I'm like, if you have to say that, it sounds sounds creepy. creepy. Yeah. Yeah. So I just finally straight out was like, are you just looking for something physical? Because that's what it sounds like. And he was like, um, he was like, no connections. I wish I could go back and read the messages, but long story short, he, he unmatched me, so I can't even see him. Dude, why do these guys unmatch like that? It's honestly like, it's kind of savage out there. People unmatch you and you just can't. And this is rule number one. I got too excited about a guy who I hadn't even met in person yet. Mm-hmm. And um I was ignoring the red flags because I was like, oh my God, all these good things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um anyway, it got me thinking about this like theme I've been seeing of like, I feel like as curvy women, sometimes like with our bodies, it's either like, no, it's not desirable or it's it's like fetish. And I've been seeing this with like Rebel Wilson and her recent weight loss, how like everyone's like her managers didn't want her to lose weight because she's built her career being like the fat Amy kind of character. And same with like Adele.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When she was bigger, her body was scrutinized. And now that she's smaller, it's scrutinized. And it's just like, I feel like as women, it just comes back to our body so much. And it's just so interesting with me, like with love life, with these women in their careers, like their careers, the narrative is around their body. And sometimes with dating, like I find that it's either like guys are like, ew, gross fat, or it's like this other extreme. And I just found it like super interesting how curvy women and like weight loss
1: or weight gain are just such a strong
0: narrative in like women's lives.
1: 1000%. I feel like it literally controls the narrative. Exactly. Like, rebel wilson
0: that's everything people can talk about like and oh my god is her career over because
1: she's not fat anymore same thing happened with like melissa mccarthy right i think adele did a really good job at shutting that down in her interview with oprah though Mm -hmm. i think she said something along the lines and i don't know the exact quote but she was like i was body positive before like i'm body positive now like I have, I'm a singer. Like, why is this the conversation? Mm-hmm. Stop talking about my weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said it so eloquently. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And she was like, i my weight and my body is also not responsible for the way other people feel about theirs, which right. I think is really important too.
0: Yeah, it was important. I think it was kind of like a tough, I think she was like, it's not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously like, that's not like, that's kind of like a little bit of tough love because mm-hmm. a lot of people feel like celebrities or people, the platform do have a responsibility for how you, for how you feel. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was interesting that she said that. And it really comes back to like, if you're triggered by something, you got to look at why what yourself. Yeah. You got to point the finger back to you and be like, okay, why am I feeling like this? Cause it's something going on within you. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of just what I've been thinking about this week. I just have, have seen that theme and I'm just like, Yeah. It's just an interesting dynamic that the narrative is so centered around um,
1: bodies, whether it's like career or love life or whatever. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that on TikTok too, though, too, where people are like, "Um, how come this guy wants to date me, but doesn't want to introduce me to any of his family or friends? Mm -hmm. Yep. So I think that goes along with being embarrassed to be with a bigger woman and also like Mm -hmm. fetishing, fetishing, like being sexual with... A larger woman, but not wanting to actually be with her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it was interesting. On to on to the next. I don't think we're going out on Saturday.
1: <laughs> Has yeah. Oh, well, yeah. He unmatched you.
0: No, he unmatched me. Howard.
1: So. Coward. Coward. Um, honestly, but definitely. See you gotta you can't ignore those red flags. No, and I was and I knew
0: it. And I was like, I knew in my gut, I was like, this is getting weird, but like he's hot. Like I kind of want to go out with him. And I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. So like, it's fine. Cause I knew in my gut, I knew it. I knew it. It was getting well, weird. Then I feel
1: like you can't be that disappointed.
0: Cause at least, you oh, know, yeah, I'm like, I'm not, it's obviously yeah. fine, but it is. It's just like, I too am like so guilty of that. Like I'll see someone at a coffee shop and they'll smile at me and I'm like, are we getting married? Like <laughs> I oh, yes. so
1: like, think like that, like everyone I come into contact with, I'm like, he could be my husband. <laughs> I used to think like that too. Yeah, um, but I feel like it's fun to kind of live like that. Also, I do too. Like I, I don't, no, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, yeah, I
0: don't think so either. As long as you don't get crazy with it, right. I think it's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, okay, what are you obsessed with this week,
1: Christina? Okay, so this is actually stemming off of something that you posted on Instagram. Um, what that was a text from Hannah. <laughs> oh my gosh, so funny! It was like Hannah said something along the lines like, "Wow, like." I'm 28 years old or something. And I just started realizing, and I'm still shocked by how different my body feels when I eat healthy. Yeah. Right.
0: She's like, do you want to know something crazy? When I eat healthy, my body feels better. I'm 28 years old and I'm still shocked every time that
1: happens. Okay. So that is what I'm obsessed with because for the longest time I was, I wouldn't say like careful about what I put in my body, but like I was making sure to like put great things in my body And now that I'm cooking for Nicholas, I am like, I cook for him like all day. Okay. And I'm always like making sure he has like really healthy food and he has like nutritious meals. And when I am telling you the other day, I had a bag of potato chips for dinner. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And that is what I'm obsessed with because I have realized that like, it's so easy to take care of other people, but not take care of yourself. Yeah. And I think that for a while I wasn't like, I I don't think I was, I was realizing that was happening. Do you know what I mean? But then I had this bag of potato chips. I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, this is actually gross. Like, how could you just like cook all this, all these meals for your son and realize how important it is, but like not take the time to like actually sit down and have a proper meal. So I think that like, that is just leading me into the new year and, and to actually since then, like I haven't touched any snacks like that. And I've been like really cautious about it. But I think if you have those moments to reflect, it's very important to sit back and realize that. Mm-hmm. That kind of reminds me of like one of the overall themes in Untamed
0: is that like, we think like the perfect like mom is to be like selfless and always doing mm-hmm. everything for your kid. But like you have to remember to take care of yourself too. And like, I'm not a mom, so I don't know how you know can do that because I know it's not easy. Like you have to you cook a meal for a, Nicholas, like probably the last thing you want to do is cook something for like for yourself. Right. Um,
1: but yeah, that's hard. That's yeah. really hard. So anyways, I don't know if that's like a real obsessed with, but it's something that my mind has not stopped thinking about. Is there like action items you want to take to like, okay, this is how I'm gonna. um Well, I'm not buying any more snacks because I realized that I just don't want that in my house at all. Because for me, like my schedule is so crazy busy. Mm -hmm. that I found that at the end of the night, when once Nicholas like goes to sleep, like if there's not like already food prepared, like I'll just go to that. So now I kind of just started again, um, just meal prepping everything. So there's like always like healthy food prepared. Got it. And I think that's really helped a lot. So I think if you're in a similar position, meal prepping, and it doesn't have to be like on Sunday for the entire week, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But maybe it's like a Monday night meal at, you're like putting something in the oven that you could have for like the next full day that you have something there, you know? But it's not easy. It's not easy at all. I can
0: barely cook for myself. (laughs) I know. So.
1: It's a lot of work. Damn. But I do just think that being able to be a little bit more prepared helps a lot. Like Mm -hmm. if you have like some recipes that you know you want to cook and if you're going to like the store ahead of time and have a little bit more of like an action plan. Yeah. And don't buy the snacks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dang, well, I will say Nicholas is eating like a king. And Nicholas is eating like a king. Those raspberries and the
1: eggs and <laughs> meatballs you make him look so good. Yeah, he likes those. He actually ate like, this salmon dish yesterday. I was he like, likes salmon? Apparently. It was the first time we really ate it, so I was happy about that, too. That's good. But that's, like, another thing. We didn't have that much salmon left, so I just, like, gave him the salmon. And I don't even remember what I had. But, like, it wasn't, like, as good as, like, Nicholas's dish.
0: God, you are the best mom. Oh, my God. And no, I don't think so. I don't know. Anyways, but... All right. Well, with that, let's get into today's episode, which is going to be kind of looking back on 2021, kind of reflecting on what we've learned. If there's kind of been like any overarching themes that we've like seen, seen throughout the year and really like takeaways from the year. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I feel like for me, it's kind of been like in a, a few categories, but like dating, like sex and relationships have been like a big one for me. And I've just kind of been thinking back like at the year and like, God, it's so crazy how like January feels like yesterday, but also like so long ago. So long ago. Like Aaron and I went, got together at the beginning of January and we did like vision boards. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I like looked back at my vision board and one of the things I put on there was like, best sex ever. And I was like, hmm, do I think I accomplished that? I was like, I don't think I did. I don't think I've had the best sex ever, but I think that I've really learned. Like I feel like I'm I'm proud of myself. I feel much more open with sex and I feel like I'm much more communicative and I've really come into, I feel like in the past, I've always been thinking like, okay, what is it going to be for him, for him, for him? And I think I've really learned that like sex is about two people and women, it should be good for women too. And like that comes down to communication and I've definitely come become much more open and learned to like, voice, what I like, what I don't like. And still, that's still like kind of hard for me, but I do think that I've learned so much in that like area and it becomes so much more like comfortable in my sexuality and, and that. Um, And so I think maybe next year could be the year for the best sex. Yes, <laughs> Because this year was about learning about how to just be like more open, more open. Like I think about it, like one time, this one guy I was dating this year, he was like, you got to tell me what what you want. You got to tell me what you want. And I couldn't even tell him what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, I don't even, and I was like, I don't even know how to tell you. And he's like, he ended up being like kind of a jerk. But now I feel like I'm much more confident in where I could be like, okay, you know, this is what I want. And I just think that's really empowering for women to like take that part of like their sexuality and like voice that and know that sex isn't just about the guy. It's about like women can feel pleasure too um, and should feel pleasure too. <laughs> 100%.
1: Yeah. So
0: I was like, okay, best sex ever did not happen, but I think the potential is going to be right around the corner. <laughs> God, That's um, exciting. Yeah. So I was like, what else was on my, my vision board? I had a lot of like relationshipy things on there and, you know, I've been joking that, you know, Alice, we had, we, what did we talk to her in January?
1: It was our astrology episode. Yeah, I actually,
0: no, I feel like it was a little bit later, but yes,
1: we talked to her in the beginning of last year, of the, this year. In
0: the beginning of the year, if you haven't listened to our astrology episode with Stock Alice, you should listen to it. She read our birth charts and she said that um, she could see me having the potential of a romantic relationship. And honestly, throughout this whole year, I'm like, just felt, I was like, you know what's going to happen? Like, I'm like, it's going to happen. And the other day, I looked at the calendar and I was like, this this is the first week of December. Oh, there's only three weeks left. Like, all right, I don't think it's going to happen. And like, obviously it's like, I'm like just kind of joking about it. And I do think though, she said, I think it looks like it would be a romantic relationship. And I think looking back on this year, that's really been my friendships. Mm-hmm. I think that my friendships have come to like a deeper level. New friends have come into my life. And um, honestly, this year like has been so fun going to San Diego. I went to like Mexico city with girlfriends. Like, We've done so many fun things. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like my, my friendships really are for me, romantic relationships. And so I'm kind of thinking, okay, maybe that's what Alice was saying in my birth chart. Cause I have had like, I
1: love that outlook.
0: Yeah. I'm like, I think, I think these romantic relationship, this romantic relationship is is my friendships and I feel so blessed. And I always think of that like sex in the city quote, where it was where like, Carrie was like, maybe women are our soulmates or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I really believe that. Like, I think I know I'll, I'll have a, if I want a partner, a partner will come into my life and I'm not worried about it. But like, I'm just so thankful for this year and like the friendships that I have. And I just feel like so grateful because um, coming from a year before that, you know, I was so lonely. And like, mm-hmm. it was just, um yeah, I was like really struggling with loneliness. And, and it's just kind of been like a, not a 360, a 180. 180. <laughs> that makes me so happy for you. So those are kind of my like,
1: sex and relationship takeaways looking back on the last year? So for me this year relationships and my relationship with my husband has been probably one of the biggest learning experiences. I had no idea how much harder your marriage is and your relationship is after you have a baby. I literally had no idea I was like, has no one told me this? Like, is it just me? And to be honest with you, like for a while, I was like, wow, it's just me. And it's weird because there's been times this past year where my relationship has been like the greatest it's ever been and the happiest it's ever been. And there's been other times where it has been the hardest and darkest it's ever been. And when you're in like those hard and dark spaces, honestly, like it's so easy to spiral and you feel like you're not coming out of it and put a kid into the mix of it all. Adds so, add so much stress. And the reason I really started thinking about this is that I actually had a follow-up call with Dara, who will be on our next episode. And one of the first things she said to me was, she's like, how old is your son? A year. She's like, oh my gosh, congratulations. You're still married. And I was like, yeah. She's like, like, well, I only made it eight months. And she was like, yeah, the first year of of your marriage after having a baby is so incredibly hard. So then I started to dive into this a little bit more. And do you know that a fifth of divorced couples break up after having their first kid Wow. and 67% of divorces are after a baby. Wow. And so I started talking to my friends about this. I was like, Holy shit. Okay. Obviously like I'm not alone in this. And then I started talking to my friends, my married friends with kids and they were all like, holy shit, this is the hardest thing I've ever been through. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, And I think that it's so, it's so easy to hide that, right? Because there are so many beautiful moments. And it's hard for me to talk about too because I think that like some of them, I don't want to take away from like all like the beautiful stuff in our relationship too. But it's just been so challenging. And here's a couple of reasons why I think. one, I think that men are not prepared for children the same way women are prepared for children. You're As a woman, like you are already becoming so selfless because you're carrying your baby. Mm-hmm. And I think for men, it, it is like such a shock when a baby comes into the mix. Like they don't realize the amount of responsibilities they had. I think it's also so easy for women to take up, take on a brunt of the responsibilities. Like you're breastfeeding, you're feeding your baby, like you are just required so much that it's easy to just be like, start tallying all the things you're doing versus what your partner's doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that adds to a lot of resentment. Um, and I think that just like whenever you're tired and you don't have help, you both, it's just hard, honestly. Um, so that's like something I've really been learning and trying to, I, that's something I've been learning about myself, learning about my relationship and knowing that I'm not alone has really helped make things easier for me. So if you're feeling the same way, like some days you're like, oh my gosh, my husband's like the best person in the world. Like I'm so lucky I've like married like my soulmate. And other days you actually want to kill them. Like I think that's okay and that's normal. Um, And I think that happens for all relationships. But I'm telling you, throwing a baby into the mix makes it so much harder. And I just, I did not know that. I'm like, how did I not know that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I hear people saying it's hard, but it's so important. And I think this is great that you're opening up and talking about it because, yeah, people don't really, they're like, oh, it's just so hard, but they don't like really open up that I've heard.
1: But you're really my first like close friend with a with a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some things that have helped us is to like really communicate. I feel like something I learned about my husband is that like, I think he needs acknowledgement. Like today, for instance, like it was like my turn to wake up with Nicholas. Um, I just like haven't been sleeping well. So Steve got up with Nicholas and it took care of him this morning. And I, that is something I need to be like, thank you for doing that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that you, as much as you want acknowledgement and praise and like all that, your partners need that too. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really easy. At least for me, I can tend to be like a selfish person in my relationship. Um, And I think like, I want, 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 but realize like, am I giving, giving, giving as well? But I think it's just hard to balance it all. So I think that like being communicative, telling your partner what you need is really helpful. I think acknowledging the things that they are doing. And even if they're small, even if you're like, okay, like for me, I'm like, I can watch Nicholas and be with him and play with him, but still somehow cook a meal and also like get laundry done. And maybe your partner, maybe you can do that and your partner can't, but you have to like, not compare the two and acknowledge Mm -hmm. like what they're doing. Um, I think taking time to have alone time is so important. Like, thank goodness. Like we did all those vacations this year and now we're going back for the holidays. I'm like, no, we're going somewhere else. We need to have our own alone time. Even like a couple of weeks ago, we just went away for Steve's birthday, just one night. And having that one night alone Mm -hmm. was amazing so I think having that night, that time alone with your partner is just so, so important. And I think you need to get out of your element. Like it can't be alone time, like sitting, watching a TV show. You deserve more than that. Right. Cause then like if in your house too, you're like, oh, I should go to the laundry. Exactly. I should do this. You deserve more than that. It's so easy. You're watching a TV show with your partner, but then you're on your phone scrolling. Like yeah. that's not alone time together. Um, and I think just being able to like have a circle of mom friends to talk about this too. Once I open up about my, with my close mom friends, oh my gosh, I felt so much better. I was like, holy shit, we are all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are a couple of things that I think have been really, really helpful. And honestly, know that it's just a season. Mm-hmm. It's a season. It's a difficult one. I was. It's funny because I was like also doing more research on this and everyone's like, oh, like the first like two or three years after you have your kids are like the best years of your life and the worst years of your life. I'm like, damn, like yeah, that's I and I I I don't. It's sometimes hard for me to talk about this because I don't want people like to get scared into having kids, but I want people who have kids to know they're not alone at the same time. Yeah, but I think it's important to talk about it in the real
0: way because yeah. you. It's easy to just be like you know a little bit of toxic positivity, like yeah, always oh, great. like this is fucking real shit, and like I think it's important to to keep it real and honest and like say yes, obviously.
1: Having kids is amazing, but it's fucking hard. So hard. Yeah. And I think that a lot will change for us too once we finally get some help. And that is like something that, again, I keep going back to, but like, holy shit, we just really need help because I think something for us is like, oh, whose job is more important? Like, and that's not cool either, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. So that has been honestly like a really big learning experience for me.
0: Well, I'm so proud of you. And I'm also so glad that you have like mom friends that you can talk to because- I think that is just so just being able to like sit there and be like someone really like, yes, it's just like, even if there's no answer, there's nothing you can solve, Mm -hmm. but just having that like, Oh my God, I'm not alone. Yeah. That's like, so no matter what it is. So I'm really glad you have that. And I'm so proud of you for this past year. I know it's been very challenging. Also very rewarding too, but I'm, I'm just proud of you guys.
1: Oh, thanks. Honestly, if you're a mom and you're listening, Text any other mom friend you have, because I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, she feels the same way. And having even like, honestly, just being able to open up to your friend, I guarantee you she will open up and you will both feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Having that friendship is everything. Yeah. Is there anything like, so obviously I'm not
0: like a mom, so Mm -hmm. I don't know. Is there anything that people who are, who maybe don't understand, or if there's people in your life, like who don't have kids, whatever that they can do to like, do you think there's like a way that to like support
1: through Um, this season? I mean, I think if you can offer help to anyone who's a mom, I think that's great. I think for me, like one of the nicest things is being able to have friends who are like, oh, I want to come hang out with Nicholas or like stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like that's been really nice because being able to feel like you could share your new world is super important. But also I just think that in relationships, I'm sorry, like whoever is out there pretending they have a perfect relationship you're a fucking liar. I'm that it just to me, I'm like, I just don't believe you. That does not exist. So I think that I I definitely think that relationships get way harder after you have kids. But I think that like even being like, yeah, like my relationship is difficult too. And yeah. being open about that with your friends. I think that's really important because I think that there's so much toxic positivity when it comes to like relationships. And it's so easy to like look on Instagram and TikTok and compare and like, See these perfect couples like doing their TikTok dances together. And like, I see people in the comments be like, if my partner is not like this, I don't want him. You don't fucking know what's going on behind that dance Mm -hmm. video. You have no idea. You have no idea what's going on. So I think being able to just be like more honest with your friends. I think that people are scared to like talk about anything that's like not perfect or happy or, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think just honesty. Yeah. But that's that. But honestly... And now that I have opened up about things with my friends and with you guys on the podcast too, like I feel so much better about things. Yeah. Um, And I think that it's just like a journey in self-reflection too, because it's so easy to put blame on someone else and not look at the things that you're doing too. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm working on. Yeah. Which I think like leads into our self-reflection,
0: right? Yeah. So that's kind of the, the, one of the other categories that I was thinking about that's been like a big theme for me this past year has been self-work and self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is like, I'm in my Saturn return. You just came out of your Saturn return. Um, it's I've realized how important it is to me. And like part of my authentic code is like always learning about myself to best function and like live by my design, if you will, to be like my best self. And that's about like discovery. You have to take time to like, Work on yourself, like, and and learn about yourself. You can't just like sit at home in your downtime and like scroll on TikTok. Like, of course, I've, i there was a point where I was doing that. I was like, this is not a good use of my time. Like, mm-hmm. and and really taking time. I think like a few things that have really helped me learn about myself this year have been astrology, human human design, and then also um, manifest, manifestation. Um, doing the pathways by Lacey Phillips, and it just is like like one of the activities I had to do for this 2B magnetic thing is to write down your authentic code. And it was actually like really difficult for me. And, um, what does that mean? Your authentic code? Basically like the themes in your life, the themes that are like, what are important to you in your life?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the, the, the workshop is like, you go through a bunch of like questions and then you answer and you kind of like find a common theme And it was like difficult for me and I was like, okay, wow, maybe I don't know myself as as well as I thought I do, but I know I'm working working on it. And I've just realized this year how important that is to me to continue to work on it and continue to learn. So like learning for me is a huge thing. And that's when I feel lit up. Mm -hmm. That's when I feel like excited about life is when I am taking that time for self-reflection and like doing self-work. And it's so funny because like Sorry, I don't know why I keep bringing up Sex and the City today, but I've been re-watching it in my free, has <laughs> I've been sick. And um, there was like one scene where Charlotte was like going to the bookstore and she was like picking out a self-help book and it was like, made all these people out to be like, literally losing their damn minds. And like, she was scared to go into the self-help section and pretended she was like, oh, actually I'm looking for travel, travel. (laughs) And she like ordered it online because she was so embarrassed. Wait, I want to watch that episode. Oh my God. I'll have to look back and see what episode it was. And I was like, how sad that like, we used to like have these messages of like working on yourself is shameful because you're Mm -hmm. not a perfect human being. Like newsflash, we aren't and we never will be. Totally. But all you can do is like continue to work on yourself and that for me is a huge, I think for the first time in my life, I've never done self-work. I started therapy in 2020 a little bit. And that was the first thing that really was like self-work. But besides that, I've never taken the time until this year to really look at myself and do some self-reflection. So I'm I'm proud of myself for that and something that I want to carry into the years to come as well.
1: I'm proud of you for that too. Um, This is the first year in my life I've ever done therapy. We had a shaky start because my therapist blew me <laughs> off a couple of times. But honestly, I love her so much. And it is one of the best things I've done. Um, Being able just to talk about things and to work on yourself and like, and to, and to realize like, for me, I'm just a very sensitive and emotional person. Um, And I didn't realize like how many things are connected. And I think my therapist has really helped me with that. Um, I used to just be like, I'll just smoke a joint because when I smoke weed, like I'm able to like look at things from the outside in, or like, oh, I can just microdose. Honestly, being able to like have someone to really talk about things has been so incredibly important. Also, something that I have really realized is how much better I feel when I am moving and taking care of myself. It is so important. There's been times this year where I've been like working out for like two months straight and then I just stop and in those two months where I'm working out I am the best version of myself yeah I am so much happier I am so much calmer Um, so that is something that I just really need to work on more making that time for me consistently but being able to recognize that I think is like a huge step
0: yeah that's huge movement
1: is like key it's a non-negotiable non-negotiable yeah um, but I I just think overall, like being able to open up, like I said, to a therapist, being able to open up to my friends and being really vulnerable yeah. and honest that like I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together, like I I think is just what I need to keep doing more and more of.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, look at us out here, just self-reflection, working on yourself. going I know, <laughs> I know.
1: Um
0: and the last little bucket looking back on is his career. Mm-hmm. And Christine and I were talking briefly about this before the episode started. And I was like, oh, it's so interesting.
1: We're kind of feeling very similar. So interesting because I was like listening back on some of our episodes. And I think in it was our confidence journey episode. I talked about how much value I put on my career and how that affects my confidence. Mm-hmm. And when I'm super successful, I feel so confident but this is the first time that I'm like having to reevaluate what success means to me. Because I think from the outside looking in, I'm very successful right now. And there are times where I do feel very successful. I feel like I've worked so hard to get to this point. I feel like very fortunate to say like financially, I feel very comfortable and successful in that realm. I feel like I'm working with so many great brands, like brands I've always dreamed of working with. But this is the first time in my life where I feel so, maybe not for some of my life, but first time in a long time where I feel so lost in my career. Does that make any sense? It makes total sense. And I think I've been feeling a little bit similar. This has been,
0: I was looking back on my vision board and uh, like I had my income goal on there and I surpassed it. And monetarily wise or on paper, I we are doing well. I am doing well. But I think, yeah, I I've, I've felt similar where I'm like, I almost think sometimes when you are, we've been doing, you've been doing this now for 10 plus years. I've been doing it for like seven. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. When you get to a point where you're just kind of functioning, like you've got things down, things are going well, you're cranking, like you're a little bit just like safe in your little thing. Right. That's when I feel like you start to feel like this. Mm-hmm. There's like, I think that's when like a shift is going to be coming. You have that desire to grow. Like, grow you have that desire to start something new like spread your wings a little bit because you're in this place of like okay things are going well i'm just cranking this stuff out like that's when there's this time of like hmm all right what can i be doing next because we are driven people we are entrepreneurial and i think like as i've been thinking about it i think this podcast for example like this year i mean has been really kind of setting the foundation and i do see this going to be take going to the next level and our business in this aspect growing in the next year and the years to come. And we're going to be doing different things than we have been doing. And I think we've just been like setting the foundation for that. Um, but I do think there's probably going to be some shifts happening for us and like our careers
1: and what we're doing, because we're at this point where we're kind of in our comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. I was talking to my friend Jason about this and he's like, I hate to tell you this, but you're always going to feel like this at some point because- yeah. You're someone who just wants to be super successful and are so goal oriented that you're never going to feel satisfied because you always want something else and you want more and you want what's next. I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think for me, like putting less value on the monetary value. Yeah. Has been very important for me to recognize. I'm like, wow, like money is amazing. Money makes me happy. Money uh, enables me to do other things. But money is not the end all be all. Mm -hmm. Like I need something else to like, feed my soul and to do more. And I'm excited for what's next. And I agree with you. I feel like there's so much potential here with Confident Collective and the podcast. And like, I think I've realized that I'm ready to take a step back on certain things that I've been working on to take five steps forward on others. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes you just have to, you have to reevaluate what makes you happy, reevaluate what success means to you and reevaluate what you want. And I think that like just your thirties in general. And I know you're not there yet, but like it's so weird because everyone's like, Oh, your thirties are like the best decade of your life. Or like, "They're so much better than your twenties. But I feel like in your twenties, you're expected to mess up. You're expected to not know what the heck you're doing or what you want to do. But like in your thirties, like you're supposed to like kind of have it all together. So I feel like to be in your thirties and be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, what do I want? Has been like something super interesting to like, reflect on. Yeah. Because I'm like, everyone around you is like getting married, having ba- babies, like having kids, like seems so settled. So to feel like you're lost amongst everyone who has it all together can be super lonely and isolating. Mm-hmm. But again, you're not alone. And again, like probably from the outside looking in, I'm probably one of those people co- that people compare themselves to be yeah. like, Oh, she's married. She has kids. Like she has the whole thing, but no, Yeah, it's very interesting. And my sister is kind of going through
0: like a transition right now as well. And I'm like, dude, you're in your thirties. You're not in your fucking Mm sixties. Like we are so young. And I think one person, like I love following Gary Vee. He talks like a lot about this stuff. Like you've got time, Mm -hmm. like you've got time. And like everyone thinks that everybody else has it all together. But in reality, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. We're all literally like, what the fuck? And in the end of the day, Nothing really matters. Honestly, I think as long as you're a good person Mm -hmm. and like, you'll figure it out. Like, I just think that, yeah, like you don't have to have it all figured out at any point in your life. Like, well, you're going to go through different seasons, but especially if you're in your thirties and you're feeling this pressure, like, again, I know I'm not there yet, but
1: like, I'm in my late twenties and it's like you, we have so much time. It's interesting though. My parents are in their sixties and my dad, it's like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. He's like, I, I, my dad, like at 62, I think he is just started a new job and he's like so excited about it. But you know, he wants to like be able to retire soon and he's like, I don't know where, what we're going to do. I don't know if I ever want to like stop working. He's like, I, I don't know if I want to do something else. I don't know where I want to live. Like what, what's next for me and your mom. So it's interesting how like it kind of never ends. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean?
0: Yeah. You always think you're going to get to this place of like, okay.
1: I made it. I'm good. I've got it. I can breathe now. Yeah. This is in line. This is in line. And that's just never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I yeah. think knowing that and working on the tools to make sure that like you're mentally like able to handle all the different steps along the way yeah. is what we're here to work on. Mm-hmm. Dang, were we kind of, we really had some, like oh. we had a good year, but I feel like that was a little bit, we're just reflecting. <laughs> it's so interesting though, because I feel like I've had such an amazing year honestly dude this first year of motherhood has been fucking nuts mm-hmm. that's that is what i feel like it's hard for me to like think about all the amazing things because i think i'm just trying to get it together mm-hmm. and i think
0: that's like what dara said to you like congratulations like yeah you guys have fucking made it like that in itself is something to like celebrate like it hasn't been easy and like you guys are doing it and like it's not going to be perfect. It's not, it's going to be fucking messy. It's going to be stressful mm-hmm. but like you, you're doing it and like also having a career, also having a marriage, like it's fucking hard and so that's hard. okay to yeah. say that and like it's, yeah, it's not easy and I feel for you and from the outside, I'm proud of you guys.
1: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. I wish- I'm, honestly, I'm really proud of us too and I'm proud of you too and I'm proud of, I'm proud of everyone who is like, doing their best. And also, can we not forget that we're still in the middle of this fucking pandemic? When is it going to end? I honestly think that has made things so much more difficult too. This is like not a normal season of life. Like- No, oh, we're in a very weird season. We're in a very, very weird time in our lives. where like, you're trying to do your best. And then like, also you're scared to do anything at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think we all just need like a fucking hug and a pat on the back, honestly. Mm-hmm. You, you made it. You made it. I'm excited for 2022.
0: I am too. And I think like, obviously, I and I when I say this, I don't want everyone's going through a different season, but like this year has honestly been the best year of my life. That's amazing. Like I, it's been, I'm like, and it comes with things that have been hard, like whatever, but like, I'm like, I'm just really thankful. And like, you, there's always I think self-reflection is really important and also looking at what great things and having gratitude is so important as well. So yeah, I'm excited for 2022. We made it 2021. I hope everyone had a good, you know, there, there was, there's
1: whether you think back, this has been a hard year, an amazing year. There's always good in it mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like this has been like the hardest year of my life and also like one of the best years of my life. And mm. it's, it's, doesn't make sense how the two can fall together, but they can. Yeah. Should we do our ask away with Ray and Kay? Yep. We're going to
0: end with an ask away.
1: All right. Okay. So there was guy who I
0: was talking to this summer and he ended up saying, I'm seeing someone else and out of respect, we probably shouldn't hang out, which I was fine with because I feel like everyone on apps is hanging out with other people. So he hits me up every three weeks or so since June, but honestly never asks me to hang out. The combo isn't flirty, but I'm not really a flirty person. But our combo is fun and enjoyable. I just cannot tell what he wants. And I'm honestly into him. But I really don't want to straight up ask him. And he reject me because my heart can't take it right now. Ha ha ha.
1: Okay, no. We don't have time (laughs) for this shit. First of all, the fact that he is dating someone else and is on the apps and like talking to you is a major red flag. Well, I don't know
0: if he's on the apps. They maybe have each other's phone numbers, but yeah.
1: Oh, but or wherever he's hitting her up on Instagram or the fact that phone. he's hitting her up while he's talking to someone else. Yeah. It's is no, not cool. No. I feel like you're wasting your time. You're seeing way too many red flags and it seems like you're interested in someone who is not available. Which I feel like I've been in a similar situation to this. And I feel you because
0: you do like them. And when they reach out to you, it's exciting. It's exci- so And exciting. you're like, oh, maybe they do want me. Maybe I am desirable. But at the end of the day, him reaching out to you every three weeks, you fucking deserve better. So much more. You deserve so much more. And I think that you should just start phasing it out. Like, I don't think necessarily you need to be like, hey, please don't contact me anymore, but just like, don't really text him back. Mm-hmm. You don't need to respond. If he's sliding into your Instagram DMs, you don't need to respond. Like, I think you just need to start phasing that communication out. And I mean, here's the thing too. He, she says here, she honestly likes him. Um, but she doesn't want to tell him because she doesn't want to get her heart broken. I was in a similar situation to this too. And I will say, if you really feel like you want to tell him, then tell him because I have zero regrets. I told someone recently that I liked him um, and had feelings for him. And I have zero regrets in doing that. I think that takes real, like a lot of courage and it, and opening up and being vulnerable is one of the most honest and incredible things that you can do, but it's also really, really fucking scary but it is so important and if you ever want to truly find love and find someone you have to do that and guess what i don't if he has if he's seeing someone else and hits you up every three weeks i think you know what your answer is going to be um i found that out the same way as well <laughs> but um i do think it's important to be open and vulnerable but but no
1: you deserve so you much deserve- more than that
0: Yeah, you deserve someone who
1: wants to talk to you every day, not every three weeks. And imagine like this is your best friend telling you about this guy and this situation. You'd be being like, no, girl, you deserve so much more. So put yourself in your best friend's shoes.
0: Yeah. And I think if you feel feel like you just want to put your feelings out there, you need to tell him Mm -hmm. and then you can go from there based on what he says. But if you kind of feel like you don't need to do that, it's up to you what you feel like you need from the situation. I would just start to phase them out and phase out, the co- phase out the conversation so you can focus your energy on finding someone who's really going to value you. Because I find that when you are entertaining people like that, you're losing the energy that you could be putting out to find someone who's really going to bring value to your life. Because it's like, where's the universe going to put them? Totally. If you're messing around with, with these guys, there's no space. There's no you space. Gotta you got to create gotta make space. space. Definitely. So that's our advice. <laughs> Um, all right. all right. well, thanks everyone for listening to our second to last episode of the year. Um, we will be back next week, and then we're gonna be taking the first week of January off to take a little hello, much needed break, spend some time with family and just relax. So we will see you next week and then we'll be back the second week of January. Love you guys. Love ya. Bye.